What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we got a big wild card weekend coming up, so we'll let you know who we think are some contenders and pretenders heading into the NFL playoffs. We're also two weeks into the NBA season, so we'll break down if we're buying or selling some teams and their starts to the season. All this and more coming up on episode 176 of the TSK show right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 176 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. I got my my eyeballs hurt watching too much TV. Yeah, it's been been a crazy day. Uh, sitting across from me on the board, our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm with Tyler, man. It's been a, a long day. Eyes glued to the TV. I don't think I could watch any more TV today. Yeah. No more shows. Actually, I was reading a book, so. That's good. That, that helps. That's good. What book were you reading? Three Ring Circus. Oh. Yeah. I had ordered it a, a while ago, and I ordered it from Romans, and for some reason they were back-ordered, and they didn't get the book. And so then I just said, screw it. I just went on Amazon next okay. day shipping because I have that prime membership for 90 days that i got to cancel in like a couple days make so. sure you set a calendar reminder for i that. know uh, sign up for it and then, then cancel it but no i literally just started three ring circus uh two weekends ago actually mm -hmm. so. great i'm already um, i think four chapters in and it's amazing yeah i've read the first yeah. three or four chapters already too yeah super nostalgic and i think what's great about it is just the little moments that you hear of from other people in oh, third yeah. person from stories and players and coaches, but reading it and then the exchanges that happen in the locker room after games, you know, yeah. all that stuff is really cool. Yeah, and, I mean, Jeff Perlman, we had him on the show. You can go back and listen to it. I can't remember which episode it was, but just go back to the TSK show archive uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and, and find the Jeff Perlman episode if you, if you want to learn more about Three Ring Circus, uh, about the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, a book written by Jeff Perlman. He's, he's an incredible author, great storyteller. Um but yeah, no, just it's it's been a crazy day. Uh, Jacob and I obviously we work we work in news radio, and uh, the three of us we, we were talking before we started recording, and we we were saying like this was a a where were you when kind of moment today with the the breaching of the Capitol building in Washington D.C. And I mean, I'm 
I'm honestly at a loss for words. I I don't know what to say about what happened other than it was disgusting. Living in a movie. Yeah. It it's uh it's it's like a TV show. It's like a movie. I mean, these are things that you know we just thought that uh, would never happen because we're you know we're America. We're 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 the big big bad guys. We got all the security. We got you know all the secret service. All this, all that. You know, and it happened. Yeah. No, I mean, they were they were overwhelmed. I mean, it was it was. It's not. It's nothing. You know, on those guys, it's like, you know, that was a lot. That's a lot of people. You know, um, I think they did a good job at like, at, at initially like getting the, uh, you know, getting the senators out. But after that, I mean, it's just I don't know how you let that happen. You know. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy, and it's just a a, a sad and embarrassing day, I guess, to be to be an American to watch that. Yeah, uh, while the world while the it, world watches, it was on. It was, it, it was it was disgusting to watch. And I mean, Jacob and I, we, we, it, it was it's our job to like make sure that this stuff gets covered. Yeah, this is something we cover. I think initially watching it, first thing that came to mind for me, it was just embarrassing because Tyler mentioned it. It's like the U.S. You think about it, it's such a strong nation that stuff like this shouldn't happen. And then after a year a horrible year of 2020 you think that things could get better that maybe they should get better but when i think that's someone, the question is i saw someone when. on twitter tweet today was december 37th yeah, 2020 that's what it's looking like now everybody's just grouping that year into this year now uh, yeah so we we hope that 2021 is not a reoccurrence of 2020 but it, it it almost seems like it though because every time something kind of gets a little bit better a new thing happens. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it hasn't started off on the right foot, but hopefully we can, hopefully, hopefully we can just get hopefully, this turned around. You know, I heard a word that, you know, hopefully it's the end of something and not the beginning of something, you know? Agreed. Agreed. That's kind of, that's kind of all, all you can really hope for, you know, it's, it's a bad day. Yeah, 100% it is. It's, it, it was a bad day. And, uh, that's why, at least in my eyes, that's why we're here as the TSK show, that we we hope that uh, we can provide an escape for our listeners. That's that's what this is for me, honestly, uh, coming in and recording each week. It's it's an escape. Like, sports, that, sports is my first love, and talking about sports, that's an escape from reality for me. And I hope that that's what we can provide to whoever is listening to this because uh today was a shit day and it can only get worse if you let it consume you so yeah being being glued to the tv and i know me and you work in it but gl- being glued to the tv consistently when something like this happens yeah it's good to stay informed but you For also sure. need to get away from it because the more you are consumed by it the more it drives you nuts that's why again i work in news you work in news and we cover coronavirus stuff all the time yeah when, when we're working every day every day six days a week for me five days a week for you on on the times that i'm off i do not want to hear about it nope. on the weekends i don't want to talk about it because it's something i talk about I honestly, every single day i honestly don't watch the news when i'm not at work yeah i find out enough about it at work and i'll see it if if, if it's really big i'll see it on twitter yeah if, if it's something that's that that's 
how big it is and it's worthy enough that it explodes on social media, then sure, you go check it out. Yeah. But to sit there and to consistently check updates and to and to view different outlets and to kind of see like what their take on it is, they're going to put you in a panic if you just sit there and watch it all day. Yeah. So, I mean, that like I said, I I hope that we can provide an escape for for whoever's listening and um it's I just I think sports has been the perfect outlet for me and I hope it can help others the way that it helped me. That's pretty much as simple simply as I can put it. So uh with that being said, before we get into the packed wildcard weekend, I gotta let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates for all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area. Contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 0206831. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't be a problem. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life. all right so last week i got all excited because i was in first place heading into week 17 and we still had one more week to go so this week the regular season is over and wildcard weekend is upon us so it's time to finally reveal who won the picks of the week for the 2020 NFL season. Uh, first, we'll go around like we normally do and say how we did last week, and then we will reveal our final records. You seem very confident in uh, in your record. Yeah, hey, I had a good week. Mm. So, um, I mean, I had a good week, but I don't know where I stand. Well, Tyler, then, then uh, if Jacob and I are pretty confident. I'll start with you. How did you do <laughs> last week? I had a very average ten and six week. Uh, okay, when you said average, I thought you meant like eight and eight, nine and seven kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I usually think of like five hundred. That's yeah, to no, me no. an average. Ten and six, ten and six is our eight, nine, nine, nine and seven or below is a bad week. Yes, I would agree with that. I gotta say, like ten, eleven, twelve is like what on average I get. You okay. Know? Yeah. Yeah, but, I'd say that's fair. Uh, yeah, ten and six. That's bad. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm ten and six. Okay. All right, Jacob. How did you do last week? Well, if that's if that's average, then I went above average. Okay. Thirteen Good. and three. Thirteen and three. Yeah. Okay. I also went thirteen and three. Okay. So you feel less confident now. Well, you dogs. <laughs> let's let's find <laughs> out, Tyler. What was your overall record? Uh, one fifty eight. And 82. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. 168 and 88. 168 and 88. Okay. Jacob, what was your final record? I'm looking so good then. (laughs) Where my 13? Oh, no. 169 and 57. 169 and 
169 and 57. Yeah, that's what I have. Oh, wait, no, no, hold 60, on. 87. Sorry, 80, sorry. 87. 87. 87. Yeah. That was an 8, not a 5. 87. All right, so 169 and 87. 87 yep. Play those horns, Jacob. <laughs> One, oh, no. 174 and 82. There it is. Damn, it was the last three weeks for me. 174 and 82, and I am the champion of the picks of the week. Jacob, can I get those horns one more time? Oh, you they, exited them? Yeah, they're gone. Oh, you bitter yeah, you motherfucker. You, you only need one you horn. You bitter motherfucker. You could do your, your self horn <laughs> that, that Tyler likes. <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, uh, so for the 2020 season, I got the most picks right. That's dope. I love it. I love it. And uh, this is the first year in NFL history where home teams had a losing record. Oh, you did? Wait, you did that research? Uh, no, I saw. I mean, I saw it. Some, I, I saw it somewhere. I mean, hey, uh, must good be, enough for me. Must have been, must have been NFL Live. That's um, dope. Wow, that's one of the shows I watch more regularly, but. Um, what what was it? Let me. Uh, how many games total we got? Two fifty six. Yeah, two fifty six. Yeah, so it's one twenty seven, one twenty eight, and one home teams. Wow. So just so by by that one tie that tie game made it the first losing season of all time. But I mean, it makes sense uh, that the first you know the first time that happens is during COVID, where there's no fans. Yeah. So yeah. It shows you it, it's it's truly, you know, almost like a, you know, social experiment. It really does show you what home field advantage brings to uh, professional sports. Yeah, no, I'm, that's no, that's exactly where my mind, my mind went when you said be, it's right that it happened during COVID. And I was like, yeah, because there were no fans. Yeah. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Well, and so speaking of COVID, uh, I wanted to talk about the Browns for a second because, I Tyler, I know you love these guys, but if this is not the most Browns thing, and I, and I don't want to make any light of the fact that there are people that tested positive for COVID-19 in this situation because I hope that they get better and they make a full recovery and all of that because it's this is very serious but if this is not the most browns thing to ever happen they make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years and then their head coach kevin stefanski two additional members of the coaching staff and then two players test positive for covid19 they're not going to be available for the afc wildcard game against the pittsburgh steelers on sunday night and the browns I mean, they they cannot catch a break here. Their fans are yeah, so man, pissed I, right now. I, I mean, definitely unfortunate. They're not pissed, though. I mean, we're in the playoffs, baby. Um, sure, they're so in the playoffs, but now this happens. That's. I mean, obviously, Stefanski is is a blow. Like you want, you know, you want your head coaching there. That's going to hurt, but. Um, I think they're going to be, you know, they're, they're definitely facing the most adversity, but it's still a good matchup. I mean, they're playing Pittsburgh, a team that just played last week, um, a team that didn't play with Big Ben. 
you know, they're, I think they are happy to be in the playoffs in general, which obviously is, is, you know, they obviously want to advance in the playoffs too, but, um, I'm still feeling good up on the Browns, you know, all, all your star players are intact, you know, your, your running backs, your linemen, your receivers, Baker, your defensive players outside of a couple corners. Um, I think, I think you still got to feel pretty good about, you know, your chances. It's a weird year. Uh, Stefanski hurts, but they still got a shot to win this thing. So yesterday the Browns made an announcement that special teams coordinator, uh, Mike, uh, I think that's how Pryfer. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Mike Pryfer will ser- serve as the acting head coach. Uh, he's the special teams coordinator, like I said, and then offensive coordinator Alec- Alex Van Pelt uh, is expected to call offensive plays in place of Stefanski. And I guess Alex Van Pelt was supposed to call plays this year, but because they didn't have training camp, Stefanski was like, ah, no, let me call plays my first year. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens down the road kind of thing. But now Van Pelt's getting his shot, and I don't know if he has any relation to Scott Van Pelt. I don't think he does. But um, so, yeah, they're they're running with their special teams coordinator as the, the acting head coach and, and their offensive coordinator as the play caller. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like Tyler said, they still have their full team intact um, for the, like, the, the core. Like, Baker's going to play. Yeah. Jarvis is going to play. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both going to play. Um, but they were without six starters because of COVID-19 protocol uh, in their win Sunday over the Steelers. So I don't know if any of those guys are going to be able to come back. So it's it's a mess in Cleveland. Well, it- you know, and they they were able to build a game plan with their head coach via Skype. You know, he's Stefanski's going to be involved into like their preparation. Yeah, um, it's just, and he it's, said it's going to be weird. It's just it's a weird thing not to have your leader in the building. And um, for Baker, it's going to be a different rhythm as far as play calling. That's, well, they're they're really... not even in the building, Tyler. They Stefanski said they haven't been in the building from for like a month or two because of that the initial. Um, COVID outbreak. Yeah, so, so, you know, again, you know, like you would like to have your leader, but it's not, it's not such a big blow that I think it's like, they're not a threat to win a game. They're not a threat. You know, I yeah. think they're still very much a threat to win the game. Oh, really? No, I would disagree with that. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, uh, I, I, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's gonna... got, Pittsburgh's got too, too, uh, too many flaws. They're too, uh, one-dimensional offense. I mean, they can't run the ball. So, um, if Big Ben and the wide receivers aren't on top of their shit, they could lose this game. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be tough. I don't know. I just Pittsburgh's I... defense is is the is the key. You know, they have arguably you know they have a top five defense. You know, off the top of my head. Uh, Maybe even better than that, um, but Cleveland is one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. They have a they have uh, a great offensive line. They have two of the best running backs in the league, uh, and you know I'm a big fan of Baker. I think he has the ability to throw himself into some wins. So you know, I mean, I like the matchup. They just beat him last week. They beat him last week when they sat everybody. I, I you know I think for a team that's been playing really bad in the last six 
you know, six weeks of the season, it's not a good idea to bench your starters when you can get some rhythm. Yeah, we talked about uh, that last rhythm week. That. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I understood it from Ben's perspective because he's so fragile right now. But, you know, they took a week off. Now they got to come back and play again. Where well, Juju and Claypool played, but it was just it was other guys on the defense like Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and a couple other guys got the days off. No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, they had to bring they had to suit up a football team for sure. But I guess what I'm saying is Cleveland is on the down. You know, they they are trending downwards. Their you mean Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, yeah. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Is training down. Cleveland is 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 training up. They they're coming off win. Pittsburgh's coming off a loss and coming off you know a bad five six weeks. Tyler, what was the one thing that we said was going to be the key to this season? Key to the season for who? For Pittsburgh? anybody? For anybody in the NFL? Oh, beat COVID. Exactly. Let's first off. Let's let's talk about the fact that we made it through 17 weeks of a regular season without one game being canceled. They played all 256. So hats off to the NFL for getting it done, regardless of how they did it. And I mean, they got it done. So hats off to them. But also back to my original point. The whole point, the the whole key to the season was the healthiest team at the end of the season was going to most likely win the Super Bowl. Cleveland's facing a lot of adversity from a completely different opponent besides the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. So I, it's tough for me to think that that Cleveland's going to win that game. But I don't know. We can we can debate who's going to win the game, who's not going to win the game. All, all we want. I think all that matters truly is the fact that I think Green Bay and Kansas City are all are both on a, a, a collision course really for the Super Bowl. So and that's that's kind of what we'll we'll transition to next with the these contenders and pretenders because real quick the the matchups we got for this super wild card weekend uh we got six games we got the Indianapolis Colts at eleven and five we got the Buffalo Bills at 13 and 3 on Saturday then the Rams and the Seahawks 10 and 6 12 and 4 that's the 1 o'clock game on Saturday and then the night game on Saturday is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11 and 5 they're taking on the Washington football team at 7 and 9 the NFC East got their team in and it's the Washington football team so there you go uh on Sunday deservedly we, so yeah deservedly so and we can get into uh, I'm ready. We can get into the Eagles in a in a little bit. Um on Sunday we got the Baltimore Ravens at 11 and 5. They're going to Tennessee to take on the Titans who are also 11 and 5. Then the Chicago Bears ended up making the playoffs in that last wild card spot in the NFC. They're 8 and 8. They're going to take on the New Orleans Saints at 12 and 4. And then the night game the game we were just talking about, the Cleveland Browns at eleven and five, they're going to Pittsburgh, uh, who is twelve and four. What was the Cleveland Browns record? Eleven and five. Gotcha. Yes, I. Hey, I couldn't believe it either. Sure. I, I couldn't believe it either, man. Sure. Hey, I'm happy for them, man. I couldn't be more no, happy for hey. them. They deserve it. Cleveland's great fans. Uh, I'm and, right there and, with you. You know, uh, I. You know. 
I know I shit on them a lot. Uh, yeah, I know I shit on them a lot, but that's just because they are a dysfunctional franchise. Well, because they're the Browns. Exactly. But you have to credit where credit is due. They are eleven and five. This is the first time they made the playoffs in eighteen years. And I mean, listen, Baker had a lot of naysayers, but he got the job done this year. He had a great year. So and and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for some too early predictions for him next year too. Uh, if they bring Stefanski back, Baker's going to be an MVP candidate next year. Ooh, no, I, I no, can feel the no heat cap. from here on that hot take, Tyler. No, no cap. I mean, it'll be it'll be his first time. I've said it a million times, but this Stefanski is his third coach in three years. Yeah, uh, he's a t- he's a talented guy. Get him a coach where he has you know 24 months with him. He has you know two off seasons. He knows the offense. Uh, then you can really let this let this dude loose, and they got a ton of ton of weapons on offense to play around with. Um, you can see, you know, it, he can they can be a New Orleans type of, of of team with with all the tools they got. Yeah. So, like I was saying, I'm I think we're all pretty much the three of us in agreement that the the Packers and the Chiefs are on a collision course for the Super Bowl. Am I right? They're the favorites. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean they they're the number one seeds for the they're, for a reason. Yeah, they're the bar. Yeah, they're the bar. I mean, you can't can't knock it. They're they're the the number one seeds. That's the that's the bar. Yeah, and listen, I mean, I think this is what was expected for the Chiefs for sure, no doubt. And then mid season they go ahead and add Le'Veon Bell, who got out of a disastrous situation in uh, the Jets, so they became even more dynamic. And then the Packers, at the beginning of the year, everyone was saying drafting Jordan Love was a mistake. Obviously, everyone thought it pissed off Aaron Rodgers, and there was going to be drama, and Aaron Rodgers is going to want out, and all of that. They should have drafted Aaron more weapons. They should have got more weapons for Aaron on the free agency market. All of that was said before the season. And then Aaron Rodgers comes out and i mean pat mcafee show claimed it last week uh before week 17 was even played that aaron Rodgers was the mvp of the season and i mean i couldn't agree more yeah there's no argument and it's funny that we are setting the bar at the chiefs and the packers because those are your two front runners for mvps in mahomes and rogers i mean i would still give the mvp to rogers but that's it's it's funny that that's where the bar is set because that's usually these, how it goes. Yeah, both of these teams in their respective conferences has have put up great wins, great numbers, and led by their two quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean think about it last year. Well, well think about it in the M- NBA last year. LeBron and Giannis were the favorites for MVP, and the Lakers and the Bucks were number one seeds in their respective conferences heading into the playoffs. Same case in point here, Rodgers and Mahomes. It's crazy, Mahomes. People are already getting um, like voter fatigue with Mahomes. You know, Aaron, Aaron deserves it, no doubt. Like I would vote for Aaron, but like Mahomes deserves it just as much as Aaron does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Mahomes is twenty six, and we're already like, can we we can't give it to this guy every year? You know? Yeah, that's similar crazy. To, yeah, similar to LeBron. I think LeBron got. I think he got some fatigue with it. Where they started. Oh, like, for sure. You know, you know, he was like, "Well, it's LeBron. Like, he throws up those numbers all the time. 
He made the uh, fi- he made the finals eight straight years. You could have given it to him eight eight years in a row. I mean, it's yeah, he yeah exactly. It's, it's crazy that Mahomes. That's how that's how crazy Mahomes is, you know. Yeah, but I mean, back back to Aaron Rodgers. It's just it. Everybody was talking about how the the moves the the team was making were not on the same page, not even in the same book book as Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers heard all of that noise and he put he, he shut everybody up. Well yeah, after drafting love, you think that it's gonna be a huge distraction with the team because they're already looking for the future, so to speak, if if you're Aaron. But I think if anything, it kind of fueled him because and let's, you have all these doubters saying, "Well, if that's the case, because the the media is going to speculate about it. It's not so much the the internal parts of the organization. But if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're hearing the media talk about you're going to be probably replaced in the next year or so, I think that fuels the fire as yeah. well as the early exit from the playoffs last year. For sure. Well, not early exit. He he made it to the a- ah, but still, NFC Championship I, I game, think, but they got blown out. That's what I'm saying. I think it's an early exit in his book. I think he for sure it's an early wanted, exit in he his. He wanted book. to go a lot further. Yeah, and I mean he's doing everything he possibly can to get back there. And I mean let's also we didn't even bring up the fact that like look at Devontae Adams's numbers. He's had the most touchdowns for a receiver this year, and. I'm pretty sure he did. It was either him or Stefan Diggs had yards, right, Tyler? And yeah, Devontae had touchdowns. Yeah, yards and reception, but Devontae had touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, um But yeah, like and I mean, other guys look nobody had heard of Bob Tunyon before this season, and he's looking like a premier tight end in this league right now. What's great is now you give Rodgers all these weapons and you saw what he could do with them this season. Well, and they weren't even thought of as as, 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 weapons. as weapons before yeah. this, but he turned them into that. That's the thing is that you play with Rodgers, you get better. And what's great, too, about looking at this Packers team this year is that the defense is finally clicking because in previous seasons, they were disasters, and sometimes they had complete meltdowns. Yeah, games. last year was a complete meltdown. So it was hard, hard to watch their defense last year, but this year everything seems to be coming together. Yeah, so like we said, Green Bay, Kansas City, they are the standard this year. And so I wanted to kind of turn the conversation into a, a contenders or pretenders kind of thing. Um, really just more contenders. Like, who do we think has the best chance to knock off either Green Bay or Kansas City in their respective conferences? And for me first, I think in the NFC it's a bit more – there's a bit more parity in the NFC, I feel like, than the AFC right now. Um, so, I mean, to me, I think the there are three teams that have a have a solid chance to, to beat Green Bay if they were to meet in the NFC Championship team. And, I mean, it's Seattle, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. I yeah. think if uh, at the beginning of the season, I think if we were to pick our final four teams in the NFC, I think these would probably have been the four. Uh, I I think that's safe to say, right, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, Green Bay is, you know, I guess the the little bit of a surprise, you know, just because of their season last year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, Rogers, Breeze, Russ, you know, those are those are Brady, those are the guys. Yeah. So I mean, those are those are my contenders. I think, obviously, with Seattle, 
Russell and uh, the offense that Seattle has with DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett and the dynamic that Russell brings, it's it has the chance to put up a lot of points, and we've seen it time in and time out. So, and then on the defense, they the secondary wasn't as up to par as it used to be, or as what the standards are probably were Tyler and I know I'm I'm the one talking about Seattle right now. I don't I don't know why. Um but I mean Seattle in the playoffs is always scary. And it's really to me as simple as that. And then Tampa Bay But so is Brady in the playoffs. Exactly. So regardless if this is his first year with this organization. And but with the way that they came out in week 17 and just dominated. I think that's why for me I have them in a contending team to beat Green Bay. They're one of them. And I I have the same three that you have between New Orleans, them, and Seattle. But that's one of the reasons why you saw what Brady and the Buccaneers did in this last week. I know it was against the the Falcons, sure. But that was a statement. That's like, hey, we're coming to the playoffs. You better gear up. Yeah. And then New Orleans, they got Drew Brees back after uh, now after a couple weeks. And uh, Michael Thomas is coming back. So New Orleans is is looking to, to get back into shape so for for the saints i think it's just about the health i think if breeze can stay healthy and i think if they can kind of pick up some chemistry that they had in the beginning of the season because he was in and out of that lineup breeze was i think if they can kind of pick that up heading into the playoffs i think they'll be fine but that's that's a, a factor that you just don't know how healthy can breeze stay yeah tyler who who do you think are the the contending teams in the nfc to beat green bay well i mean i think you, you nailed it uh talk you know I think the real question is who can beat Green Bay and Lambeau right now because, you know, this is cold weather football. Yeah. Uh, so there's a different element to it. And that's so the one mind, home think, That's the one home field advantage somebody does have is uh, snow in Lambeau. Yeah. yeah. So Brady in the snow, um, you own, Brady basically uh, negates that whole advantage. Yeah. So it's like – Brady is obviously, I think, the number one threat to win in Lambeau of all the teams that are like, you know, of every every team in the NFL. I think Brady himself being such a good, big, strong, big handy, you know, done it before up in Boston all those years. Yeah, um, Brady's a real threat. Seattle to me is uh, like I'm definitely rooting for Green Bay to lose in their <laughs> divisional game because. I don't want to go to Lambeau, but I I say this all the time on the show when the when the when I can I'll say it is uh, my favorite matchup of the NFL is Seattle Green Bay yeah um, we have you know we have sat we have a sound right before we cut to football that says Seattle's going to the Super Bowl that's a walk off touchdown against Green Bay uh, we all know the fail Mary I mean. Uh, we've played them in divisional rounds and, and NFC Championship games uh, with Pete Carroll, with with Russell Wilson. So this is like, to me, this is this is my these are these are the guys. You know, Green Bay is the team that I always circle first when it comes to Seattle, um, and we're and I think we're the team that a lot of a lot of people see as a threat because we've done the dance and we've won it. You know, yeah. we've we've been there, we've done it, we've gotten there multiple times. Um, so uh, that that I think that makes this a threat. And I think that that puts New Orleans at a clear third, um, being a you know a dome team, 
I think they they have the most trouble with the with the cold weather when it comes to Tampa Bay and Seattle. I think New Orleans is is the third threat here. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard for for a banged up Drew Brees to to limp into the Super Bowl this year. Definitely, I yeah, I I think that's the best way to put it. Now, before we move on to the AFC, real quick, I just want to mention the Rams. Um, because they are playing the Seahawks, it is rivalry week again, Tyler. But we're not we're not putting a bet on it because I I honestly don't have any faith in the Rams <laughs> in this game. Um, I I said it on Twitter they they don't deserve to be in the playoffs point blank period in my opinion. Um, they could have clinched a playoff berth against the Jets and they lost, and then they lost against Seattle the next week, and they somehow pulled off a victory with John Wolford under center against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, thank you to the defense because uh, the offense did not look good. But uh, I believe Andrew Whitworth is coming back. They are going to have Cooper Cup back. They're probably going to have Michael Brockers back. Cup and Brockers were on the COVID list. Uh, Whitworth obviously coming back after, uh, I think it was like a meniscus or an MCL, uh, partial tear or something. Uh, I can't remember which ligament in his knee it was. Um and then Jared Goff was out there practicing and throwing the ball. I saw a bunch of video on Twitter today amidst all of the chaos from Washington, D.C. Uh, I saw some video from Rams practice of uh, Goff out there throwing, and it didn't look like he had a brace or anything on, but he is 10 days out from surgery, so it's pretty crazy. I think he is going to try and give it a go, Tyler. So I don't know. It it It, it could be interesting on Saturday. I mean, it's always, it's always it's a divisional opponent, so it's always going to be good, uh, a good game. I just think Seattle's tuned in right now. They're they're one of the teams, you know. I think like Baltimore, like Cleveland, and uh, like Buffalo. I think Seattle's in that mix. The team's really hitting their stride coming in. Yeah. All right, and then I know Tyler, you had some thoughts on the Eagles, so. <laughs> Uh, before we get to the AFC, real quick, what a crap show! Oh well, I mean, what? How did you? What you know? Like, I'm I, just, um, I, I can't believe, I, I can't believe the response to it. I mean, I, I don't understand why people are pissed at Philadelphia for the life of me. Wait, what? Just, I, yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. I can't. I, I, you, you act like Philadelphia owes New York something. I forgot. No, like, they I, don't. I, I didn't realize. I thought this was a business. You know, you do what's best for your franchise. I don't. I just can't believe that people would think that they could give a fuck about Dallas or New York. They're arch rivals. Now, if this scenario played out, you know, say those seven years where the Lakers missed the playoffs and and the Clippers were were making the playoffs, and and the, and say the Clippers and the Boston Celtics were were playing to you know to get into the playoffs, and they need the Lakers to beat somebody. Lakers not in the playoffs. Do you think the Lakers give a fuck? Do you care? You, you are you pissed at the Lakers no. not trying their hardest to help out the Clippers or the Boston Celtics get to the playoffs? Like, well, you had all year to get those wins. I'm talking about New York because they they beat Dallas. Yeah. No, I mean when you, you had put... all you 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 had 17 weeks to get wins. You didn't get it done. There's teams constantly playing not to win. There's, uh, there's constantly teams playing not to win. The Jets and Jaguars weren't playing to win this year. Constantly. So I just don't understand why people think that the Philadelphia Eagles need to do what's best for them. 
keep Jalen Hurts off the field. Keep him healthy. He's going to be part of your future. This game means nothing to you. You're not in the playoffs. If anything, I'm laughing and I'm putting a middle finger up to New York <laughs> because they're my arch, they're my arch rivals and they got to sit at home. You know, I'd be you know what? Let's let Al Smith go do his thing. It'll be plenty to watch. You know, I just I I can't believe people think that there's some like they they cross this ethical uh, line that you're not supposed to cross. That's bullshit. Teams have, then then what, what the fuck has the Philadelphia 76ers been doing for the last decade? Okay, you know, like what the like, you, you know Houston Astros. There's there's just like stuff that's so much worse than this. Just because it's the last game of Week 17, it's it's one game in the schedule. You know what I'm saying? This is this doesn't that game did not decide New York's season. New York decided their season all the last 17 weeks. Tyler, I want to be 100 percent honest with you. You are the first person i have heard explain that scenario that way you are the first person i've heard explain it that way and you made a hundred and ten percent sense a hundred and ten percent sense philadelphia has no obligation to look out for new york no obligation shouldn't in fact, they shouldn't. They they wanted a higher draft pick. If they had won that game, if they had won that game, they would lose. Literally, if they had won that game, they would have probably gotten the eleventh pick. By losing that game, they now have the sixth sixth pick. The yes, Jets, the Jets and Jaguars, the Jets and Jaguars were celebrated for tanking for Trevor Lawrence this year. Who cares if Philadelphia lost this game? It, it it completely baffles me how people, uh, you know, have just gone off the rails. I mean, you got people like Max Kellerman, you know, like someone is, uh, you know, is established and successful and going off. Like, what? Did I miss something? When the fuck did this become like all happy, nice fairyland? You know, like this is pro sports. This is a billion dollar enterprise. This is a business. That's that's what it always comes down to. This is a business. Philadelphia did what's best for them. Um, and end of story. You know, uh, Giants and Dallas. Better luck next year. See, I wasn't mad at the fact that they weren't helping the Giants, or if the Cowboys would have won. I was more mad at the fact about the benching of Hurts. But th- that's that's different. I yeah. didn't, I didn't necessarily care if they were helping them or not. I yeah. think th- I think Washington deserved to go. It's a hell of a story for Smith. Great story, yeah. And for them to make it, I was happy for them. Yeah, I think. But I wasn't pissed at the Eagles for doing I'm, this. Yeah, I'm more upset about Jalen Hurts getting benched for that was, no reason. See, that was my gripe because if he is there your is future, if he if he is your future, then why are you giving snaps to somebody else? Well, I guess, and Tyler, your the reason was to tank for the draft pick, and that that goes back to what we were just talking about. So I guess I guess I am on your side, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I mean, most uh, yeah, tank for the draft pick. Uh, you know, make sure Hurts doesn't get uh, hurt. So you got an injured <laughs> Jalen Hurts and a Carson and a Carson Wentz you don't want. You know, yeah. like that's worst case scenario. You got two quarterbacks in your roster right now. Uh, let's let's move on to next year. Uh, just like so many other teams did, it was just I I couldn't I couldn't believe it. And uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my piece on the matter yeah. i get it I, I was just like i said flabbergasted i couldn't understand it it's like man shit yeah the eagles people, can go I ahead and win it. i could care less about that my, my thing lose. yeah or, yeah win lose whatever that's their that's their doing 
I just cared about them benching Hurts. Everything but else, it goes back. It goes yeah. back to them wanting to lose. So. Yeah, sure. Everybody well, was that's like, why... "Oh my God!" Like you, I am ashamed to be an Eagles fan. I, I could not like the honor the you know the ethics involved. Blah blah blah. Like we you the, we play the game because we try to win. Like that's all fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is all bullshit at this level. This is a business. Okay, yeah. don't tell me the Philadelphia 76ers ethically were, were sound in what they did. Don't tell me that the Jets and, and, and Jacksonville and so many teams of the past tanking for drafts that it's not that, – that, you know, this is not the first time for this to happen. So if you got a problem with Philly not trying to win, you got a problem with tanking in general, and then we can have that conversation. But to, to single out the – and all these Philly fans, it's like, oh, my God, like – Jeez, Louise! Like you guys weren't you guys won four games this year, you know. <laughs> and a tie. Don't forget the about the tie. Here? You know. Well, yeah, it's not a win, but it's it's just yeah, yeah, crazy. You're crazy right. You're 100 percent right, Tyler, and you're the first person to explain that in that manner to me. So yeah, you're 100 percent right. So all right, Lakers aren't Lakers. If Lakers are out of the playoffs, you're not rooting for them to beat some team to help out the Clippers get in. Fuck you know? no! That's Fuck not, no! You're 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 sitting you're sitting a 19 year old bi, you know you're sitting a 20 year old Julius Randle because they're your future, you yeah. know like you're not helping out Chris Paul's legacy. That's how I feel. That's how that's what it is. Philadelphia and Dallas and New York. That's like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Celtics. That's it's, it's craziness. Yeah. All right, let's move to the AFC now, because uh, I was saying when I was introducing the NFC that I feel like there's a lot more parody in the NFC where it's, it's, it's kind of more of a toss up and, and there's still some, some questions about uh, who's on top uh, of that conference. And, and there are flaws in green Bay, uh, but I can't really find any flaws in, in KFC, KF, KFC, KFC. <laughs> wow. I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm hungry. <laughs> you just had dinner a little bit ago. <laughs> I know. Um, then Kansas City. Um, so I really only think there's one team in the AFC that can beat the Chiefs, and that's Buffalo. Now turn your mic on, Jacob. Well, no, I had it off for a reason. Oh. I was talking to myself. But yeah, oh. I know I do agree. I think it it is only Buffalo. <laughs> it's it's funny seeing Josh Allen because he besides Mahomes, I, I think. He's one of the the best young quarterbacks we have. No disrespect to to Jackson or, or to Watson, but man, this guy's got a hell of an arm. Oh yeah, and he's mobile too. And he, the way he moves when he's in the open field, it's 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 incredible because he's such a big body. You can't you don't expect him to be so mobile. No, and and he doesn't always have to be because again, no. he has the great arm. You know, and, he's got the cannon, and he's got Stephon Diggs yeah. running downfield and leading the league in receptions and yards. I think that's what he was missing, though, in Buffalo. Was 100%. He, he needed that go-to receiver. Finally and, got it, and you see what he did. And the run game, it it could be better, but it's it's not bad in any sense. Uh, so I think that their offense is, is really capable of at least attempting to keep up with Kansas City because, I mean, I don't really think anybody can keep up with Kansas City. But I think Buffalo has a chance to put up a lot of points in a matchup against Kansas City. And I also think that Kansas, uh, Buffalo's defense, excuse me, Buffalo's defense, um, I think that they can 
contain Kansas City enough to the point where they might not let it get out of hand so that Buffalo will always at least have a chance. And Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, Buffalo it snows. In Kansas City, we've seen Arrowhead snow games plenty of times. And so I don't think that will really matter for either team. So, yeah, Tyler, that's Tyler really what, about, factor. what about you? What do, what do you think about the AFC, and who do you think has the best chance to knock off Kansas City? The, man, well, the issue is is I don't think any one of these teams have exactly. shot at me. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the problem. I mean, this is one of the best football teams I've ever seen. I mean, ever. This is this is this is a squad. I mean, I think they're they're bound for uh for a Super Bowl back to back, which is just crazy. Um I think I've only seen it done twice in my life. Uh but they're all really good football teams. Like this this top to bottom one through six, like or one through seven is pretty good. And I could see any 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 three of these teams getting wins, even Indianapolis. Buffalo, I think, has obviously had a really good year, a really balanced team, uh, but I don't think they're a threat to beat Kansas City. And I also just think because they're they're not really the team that's made the long playoff run yet. They're inexperienced, they're yeah. Lot, they're susceptible to losses against a guy like Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis who, you know, if they can run the ball, which, you know, they they dominated the run last week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had over 200 rushing yards. Um, if they can run the ball and Phillip Rivers doesn't turn the ball over, then, you know, that's a formula of success. So, yeah. uh, ultimately, I think Buffalo wins that game. Um, but I, I do believe that teams like Baltimore um, and Cleveland and, and, and Pittsburgh have a better shot than Buffalo. I think Baltimore um, with Lamar Jackson, uh, they're just so dynamic and so scary. They they weren't impressive necessarily in the regular season, but it, these te- these guys like Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, they've done the thing, yeah. uh, walking the sidelines. So those guys are intimidating. They can beat anybody. Um, and then, you know, I think teams like Cleveland uh, with, with their offense and, you know, Tennessee, Derrick Henry, they all present a unique, uh, unique threat. Um, the game I'm most most excited for is Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, throughout yeah. my power rankings, I constantly had to put Tennessee ahead of Baltimore because of the fact that that statement game they made in, in the regular season, where Tennessee was at the you know the middle of Baltimore's field, they were scraping their cleats in the dirt, uh, talking shit to the sideline. Uh, Brable and John Harbaugh even got involved. I mean, Tennessee wanted to send a message then that they were a better football team, and if they met in the playoffs, they were going to win. So, um, you know, that's I'm really keeping an eye on to see how Baltimore is going to bounce back and if Tennessee is going to come out and punk them again. And yeah. then, you know, you you heard what I said about Cleveland. I'm, I'm on big <laughs> upset, big upset alert with Cleveland um, over Pittsburgh. Um, but obviously, Big Ben and and Mike Tomlin can obviously get the job done against their their little brother. But I like Cleveland's dynamic on offense. They they're they're a show. Yeah, no, and I listen. There's a reason they call it wild card for a reason because it. I mean, listen, any anything can happen on wild card weekend. What what one game any given Sunday anybody can beat anybody. So, you know, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, Colts. 
uh, Washington football team, you know, they can get dubs. It can happen. I, I have not – I did not walk into this matchup just thinking, you know, Seattle's got the dub wrapped up. No, Tampa's I'm giving it to you, Tyler. I'm already giving it Tampa, to you. Tampa Bay doesn't have it. Tampa Bay doesn't have it wrapped up. Buffalo doesn't have it wrapped up. So um, it's gonna be fun. It's great matchups. Yeah. Around. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely gonna be fun. It's. How about the draft class? Let's shout out real quick to draft class in 2004 in the house. Let's go, Philip Rivers. Give me give me a Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, it's still still. Uh, still out here doing doing the damn thing listen leading their teams into the playoffs still unbelievable yeah you got breeze and brady out there too just still crazy still all right uh let's hit the hardwood come on you're getting paid ask something two full weeks into the NBA regular season and I I can't believe that uh, but one of the major headlines coming into the season obviously was the short turnaround between the end of the finals and the start of the regular season um, Tyler I can't remember if we talked about this either on the show or off the show but we were talking about if you think about it rookies for this season have only been with their teams for about two months now and we're over two full weeks into the regular season when normally given the amount like given that amount of time the rookies being with their teams for about two months um teams are usually getting ready for training camp about that time not two weeks into the regular season so there's, at least in my opinion, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, um, but in my opinion, there's been a lot of sloppy basketball throughout the league uh, to start the season, and I think, I mean, at least a lot of people are attributing attributing it to the short turnaround. Uh, so I kind of wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts on that. Tyler, do you, you think it's having an effect or do you think it's something else? Uh, I mean, I think it has it has an effect. It's like part of the problem. You know, also we're still fighting COVID. Yeah. Uh, and and I do believe that most, most seasons this is the case. You know, maybe we're looking into it a little more because we're under the, you know, we're looking for these things to, to kind of come to fruition. But I think this is what happens most of the year. You know, it's a sloppier start. Teams are figuring out who they are, their identities, their rotations, uh, who's in, who's really stepping up towards what roles, um, injuries. So, uh, it it's uh, I think it's normal, but it's just a little inflated this year because of all the, you know, the COVID and the timing, uh, the turnaround, especially for the rookies. I mean, 
for most of vets, it's it's been a, a decent off season. You know, there there is the the handful of teams that made long playoff runs, but for the most part, most of the season, and most of the players got a decent off season. They were off for uh, almost two hundred days. Yeah, I mean, rookies though, I believe it was five weeks from being drafted to opening night. Yeah. So that's a huge. That's I mean, that's a huge. Uh, uh, a huge hump to get over for these rookies comparative to years past. Um, so any of these guys that are producing right now, I mean, it's, it's crazy impressive to just jump into an NBA level team and produce already. Yeah. Um, no, and, I... and they're definitely not getting their fair shot at it. I think that you're going to see, this is probably going to be a class that's affected long-term that, you know, with extensions and cuts and, you know, it's probably going to hurt a lot of them. Um, having the short turnaround, not being able to like get the full preparation, uh, especially second round guys or, you know, two way guys, G league guys, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. No. And I think you do have a point uh, to the fact that um, seasons, I think, I think you're right. I think seasons do kind of start off kind of slow, even if there was a regular like normal off season and uh, train full training camp and all of that. Um, I think maybe we are just kind of, looking into it a little more i don't know maybe maybe it is inflated jacob what are your thoughts i I wouldn't say necessarily that it's completely sluggish i think that there's some teams that we expected to perform better in the beginning of the year i don't think that they're performing at that level yet but that could be for a lot of factors you know some of these guys like kd for example in in new jersey uh in brooklyn excuse me (laughs) that they're that they're coming off of an injury you know and mind you he hasn't missed a step what it looks like it hasn't looked like it. but playing with other people i think that's kind of the adjustment you have to make with them and then obviously COVID. it's uh, some of these people thank god the nba hasn't had huge outbreaks but people are in and out of the lineups there's testing every day so essentially you're playing with a new lineup on a given night you know If, if you have a regular starting five that may not be the starting five you have at two nights yeah you know no and i mean with covid you brought up kevin durant he's currently in mandatory seven-day quarantine after being placed in health and safety protocols because uh i mean i don't know if this was confirmed or i'm probably just assuming but it's like he had the virus last year i believe it was over the summer so i think he was probably just a close contact i'm pretty sure he still has the antibodies because i saw Woj tweet that he's still testing negative so I think he was just a close contact, but because he was a close contact, the the NBA is not taking any sort of like they're, they're they're taking all the precautions that they need to. Well, they're harping on the fact that over the summer last year, when they had the bubble, they had zero positive tests, and right. so they want to bring that same um, mentality and and structure into the season because now the teams are going to be traveling. They don't have the bubble; right. they're not doing that. So now Alex this Car- is this is serious again. Alex Caruso for the Lakers, he hasn't played for them since December 27th because he was placed in the health and safety protocols and I don't think it was ever confirmed if he tested positive or not. Um but th- he sh- he hasn't played for the Lakers since December 27th and then obviously to start the season um there were a few positive cases uh namely around the Rockets. Uh, because uh, some of the guys allegedly decided to meet up at a, one of their apartments and get haircuts. Uh, that was allegedly what took place, and that was all in addition to what was going on with James Harden and his health and safety protocol uh, exactly. situation. But since then, there haven't been positive cases in the NBA. So 
they're trying to do as much as they can, but it's it's having an effect on the season. Players are missing games. They're missing game checks. Well, I, I don't know if they miss game checks if they're placed in health and safety protocols. Um, but if, if they're found to break them and not just be a, a close contact kind of thing, I think it's different. Yeah, but this this for sure adds, though, to the slow start or what we think is a slow start. Because, again, if players are missing games, they're missing practices, and you don't have that same kind of chemistry and development you would have if all of the guys were playing. And it's it's like we said in the NFL, and it's like we said in the bubble. The healthiest team at the end of the season is most likely going to be the champion. Yeah, and it's going to be like this across the board for all major league sports until obviously the virus goes away. Yeah. And so with with the NBA, yeah, your roster is a 15 guys, so they're going to have that same thing with the D League or the G League. You're going to have to pull up people because on a given night you can have 10 players because five of them are on COVID watch list. Yeah. No, I mean the Rockets already had to postpone a game because they couldn't field the minimum amount of players, like active players required to start an NBA game. Yeah, the, they the, couldn't field eight guys because they had so many guys that had to quarantine to start the season. It, it's going to suck for the NBA because, again, that bubble was so promising and so successful in itself. But it's a lot different now because you're going with the fact that you're going to travel. Yeah. And I know that saves the contract that the, you know, and all the TV deals, but this is what's going to happen. If you're going to go to 29 other places, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. But the league has adjusted by scheduling uh, more, like – I guess, sets or series against teams like the Lakers. They just went on a four-game road trip, but they played two games in San Antonio, and then they went to Memphis and played two games, and that was their four-game road trip. So they're kind of trying to mitigate and lessen the bouncing all over the country uh, sporadically kind of thing. I think they're they're more strategically scheduling teams around the country yeah because so. on a regular season you'd play san antonio now and then you'd play them in like april <laughs> well not even yeah or you'd go from san antonio and then the next night you'd have a game in brooklyn yeah so it's this season is is very unique we thought we thought last year was unique with the stoppage in the bubble i think this year um at least until the vaccine gets widely distributed and NBA players get access to it because uh, Adam Silver said that they're not going to jump the line to try and get vaccines and all of that, which is great. Um, but I think this is going to be probably just as much of a as unique of a year as the bubble and, and the stoppage of last year, right, Tyler? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, you know, obviously last year was it was insane because it was like in the moment. Uh, but this is going to face just as much adversity as last year did. Now, uh, well, we're seeing the repercussions of it. Yeah, and this is what you know what we wanted to avoid by like messing up last year, um, it w- which is why you know we thought they should just cancel last year, get ready for this year. Uh, but they have done some good jobs. I like the idea of you know the little series, uh, you know, play the team while you're in town. Players have uh, said they liked it too. Yeah, it's a good way to do things. I hope that that's something that kind of carries over into the future. They they were smart by only releasing out the schedule, leaving the back half up to, uh, you know, up in the air as far as scheduling because they yeah. don't know what they're going to be dealing with. That gives them, you know, that kind of edges their bets a little bit. Um, but the players and the organizations, it's, it's just like this whole entire football season was. They're playing COVID and they're playing their opponent every single week, every day. Yep. 
So Jacob was saying that uh, we've seen some teams get off to some sluggish starts. We've also seen some teams uh, get off to some some, pri- some surprising starts. Uh, so we thought uh, we should do a little buying and selling. Uh, so I got three teams from the East and three teams from the West. Uh, we'll start in the East, guys. Um, the Indiana Pacers, they are 6-2 and two to start. DeMontis Sabonis has been on an absolute tear to start. Uh, Victor Oladipo is great. He looks to be back to his regular self after dealing with some injuries the last couple of years. And then Malcolm Brogdon averaging 20 points a game. And, and Miles Turner, he, he's doing his thing. I'm buying the Pacers' start. I think that they are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference and I think they're going to be in contention in the playoffs. So uh, I like how they've started. So I'm buying the Pacers. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, definitely buying the Pacers and Sabonis. Been a, been a fan of Sabonis for a long time. He was Gonzaga kid. Oh, yeah. Um, and then obviously, like, all those all those uh, Supersonics and Blazer games I watched growing up, his dad was a cornerstone in those matchups. Uh, but, you know, overall, I like the Boston starting five is as good as anybody, um, you know, and they've always – I feel like Nate McMillan got a bad uh, – shout out Supersonics, Mr. Supersonic. <laughs> uh, they got uh, – he got a bad rap, I think, in five. This was, the what, the fourth seed last year? Uh, uh, Indiana seems yeah. to always be higher, higher in the seeding than you, than you would think. Um, and, and I think this is going to be another year where they're in the four or five seed uh, scenario. Um, just because their their starting five is just uh, so deep and, and talented and diverse, yeah. Um, Sabonis is is playing like a a beast, you know. Yeah, he made his first All Star team last year for a reason. Yep. Jacob, are you buying or selling the Pacers? I'm actually buying the Pacers. I really like the pairing of Brogdon and Oladipo, and I think you get Oladipo back this season after his injury, and it's looking good so far. Yeah. Um, and again. Tyler mentioned it. They kind of sneak up on you as far as the East goes because the East is not very good record-wise. And but that doesn't take away from the Pacers' play, though. I think they're they're a solid team. I think they lost to the Heat last year. I want to say in the first round mm-hmm. was it not? Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah they obviously because it was the four-five matchup. Yeah, they ran into a juggernaut of a of a team right there. But I do like this team right here. And then with Sabonis, he has matured a lot in the last two seasons, Definitely. Become, becoming the all-star. So I think he is that third option now behind Brogdon and Oladipo. No, I think he's the second option if he's yeah, the all-star. Well, All, I think it's Oladipo and Sabonis' team. Well, Brogdon had a pretty big night tonight, so. But I don't, what, think, I don't think he gives you that on a given night. Yeah. No, I, I, but he had 28. Okay. So, All right. Hey, there you go. Yeah, he, he he could play. He could play. I mean, he he was in Milwaukee for a little bit, and that's why they were successful. That's the problems with East Coast games and the radio show that I work on from two to six. So. Oh, you miss some. I miss some. But all right, um, the next team. So we're all buying the Pacers start. We we think they uh, are going to continue their uh, pace. So the next team, the Washington Wizards, mm-hmm. they are two and six to start the year. They they've had a rough start for Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and the crew. But uh, Bradley Beal had sixty points tonight. I think he had fifty seven through three. So that was uh, a great game for him, but it's it came in a loss. So it's it's interesting. They're two and six, but I don't know, man. 
I think they're going to be able to find a way to figure it out. So I'm selling the Wizards' start. I think they're going to be able to turn it around. Um, every starter for the Washington Wizards is averaging a career high beside, besides Russell Westbrook. Every starter is averaging a career high in points. Bradley Beal, uh, his average is going up after tonight. Uh, he's Before tonight, he was averaging 30.6. Rui Hachimura is averaging 14.3. Thomas Bryant uh, is averaging 18 points. And then rookie uh, Denny Avdia is starting for the Wizards. So he's obviously averaging a career high. So I think it's just the Wizards are one of those teams where they had to add a new piece in Russell Westbrook, so they're still trying to figure it out. But I think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are two good enough players to where they can get this team to the playoffs. I think they just got off to uh, a slow start. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I'm definitely selling their slow start. They're going to be a a playoff team. Um, They're going to be up there in the Eastern Conference ranks. Um, Like you said, they got a lot of moving pieces right now. Uh, Denny's new to the team. Uh, You know, Russ is new to the team. And then, you know, Birch, they're trying to figure out, you know, what Bertrands and Denny and Rui and, with, you know, their rotation and all these guys. Uh, this is kind of a work in progress, but they've got so much talent. They're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm definitely selling this start for them, too. My issue that I had with them even before they began the season was the others because you know what you're going to get with Beal. You know what you're going to get with Russ. My thing is the others is how much contribution do you get from the role players? Yeah. Who, who is that third option, so to speak? You know, because you can score 60 all you want. And you saw tonight, it's not going to result in a win. Yeah. So I think that's my issue with them. So I, I am selling their start. Okay. All right. The Orlando Magic, they have been off to a hot start. They they are 6-2. and two. They won tonight. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is doing his thing this year. Markel Fultz had a great start to the season. But mm. um, unfortunately, he tore his ACL in his left knee tonight. Is that the same knee, Tyler? This is like in the same arena as Clay Thompson. You know, this is like a devastating injury to see this. Yeah, it's yeah. the same. Same, yeah. Okay. All bad for him, man. It sucks. Yeah, but, uh, it's awful. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, it's this worst-case scenario. Yeah. But, and even, it's it really sucks because he, did, he was uh, having such a great start to the year. But, I mean peek behind the curtain i i I take some notes and do some stuff the night before we record and i i was already selling the magic six and two start i'm not a believer in them even before markel fultz's injury but i think this just cements it i think um i think cole anthony he's a great nice young rookie uh he he could even be a dark horse for rookie of the year now especially with markel fultz going down he's going to get some more time uh, he's he's probably going to have the chance to to run the point for that team now. Um, but I just think that Orlando was banking on Aaron Gordon being the thing, like being the next thing for them. But he's not. No, and we – like Aaron Gordon, we know what he is, and I don't think there's any next step for him to take. No, he's, so, he's sort of plateaued of where he's at, you know? Yeah, so I just – I think this team is missing that go-to guy that I feel like they – they need to sustain a run in the East. Markel Fultz might have, could be that guy, maybe, or could have been, uh, 
with the start of the season that he was having, but obviously tearing his ACL and going down for the season, that completely nixes that. So, yeah, I'm selling the Magic 6-2 and two start. Uh, obviously, the, the Fultz injury throws a wrench in it, kind of, because uh, no one wants to see you lose a, a key piece like that for the year. But Especially him. I think what, what really sucks... He's been through so much. He's been through so much with Philadelphia that he basically had to learn how to shoot again. And I think he found a home in Orlando, and it just sucks for him they to They really down embraced like this. him down there. Yeah, which, which is great to see because of what he went through again in Philadelphia. And he was a high draft pick, good prospect. Comes out, has this weird start with Philadelphia, can't really find a groove with them, then gets shipped off to Orlando and finds a home there. Has a successful start to the season, and then this happens. Yeah. So that, that part really sucks. Yeah. Tyler, are you selling the Magic? Um, you know, this is a weird team. Uh, they're, they're really hard to judge because they've played really well, even losing, you know, they've lost Jonathan Isaac, uh, who is a big part of their team. I think they really wanted to build this team, you know, around Jonathan Isaac and Gordon as their forward. They've yep. got Vucevic. Um, and then they had, you know, a nice combination with Fultz and a young Cole Anthony. Um, they like Fournier, they like Ross off the bench. Um, you know, Mo, but you know, it always seems there's someone's hurt. You know, Bo Bamba's missed time. Aaron Gordon missed a ton of time. Jonathan Isaac's hurt right now. Uh, Marco Fultz is hurt right now. But fuck, Steve Clifford is just—I mean, he's a great coach. They played. They made the playoffs last year with with a ton of injuries. Um, he just seems to always win games. I don't know. Um, he gets he gets these guys to play well. Dusevich has really been the anchor where. You know, I kind of never want to give him the credit he's deserved because I just thought of him as a second-tier center, second-tier guy. Um, but, he's, it's not, you know, that's not really the case. Um, he's a stud. Uh, so, I'm buying the 6-2 and two, or I'm selling the 6-2 and two star. I don't think they're going to be, like, a top seed. But this this is probably going to be, uh, if there's a playing scenario, this is probably going to be a playing team, purely off of coaching. Yeah. No, that – yeah, that makes sense. I – I, I could definitely see them still sneaking into a playing game for sure. Um, I mean, they do. I they're mean, in the seven to ten range you for know? sure. They're, for sure, they're they're a team that just wins games. It's not. It's weird. I mean, they win with guys like DJ Augustine and Michael Carter Williams last year, um, and they were winning games. So uh, Steve Clifford definitely just he knows how to get it done. Uh, veteran coach. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see them as like a top 5-6 team. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's move to the Western Conference now. The first team we are going to buy or sell is the Golden State Warriors. They are off to a 4 and 3 start. They're 6th in the West right now. I'm buying their start. It's been an up and down start to the season for them. They like I said they're 4 and 3. They're they're hovering right around 500. Uh, obviously the biggest up for their season so far was Steph Curry's 62-point career high night the other night. Um, but I just think without Clay, this this team isn't the same. And Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre Jr., they, they haven't been filling that void that like the way that they, they need to for Golden State to run on all cylinders. And, and Draymond, he just came back from injury. Uh, so they're getting him back into the swing of things. So I just I think this is exactly where 
they're going to be hovering all year around that six to eight seed, uh, maybe even in that playing scenario where they're in a seven to ten uh, range. Uh, but like I said, when we were talking about contenders and pretenders, I, I think the Warriors are pretenders and four and three right around 500 start for them. That's that's kind of where I have them this year. Uh, so I guess I'm buying. I, I'm not really like too high on the Warriors, but I, I guess you can consider that buying them. Tyler, what do you think? Well, I mean, I'm definitely buying them in the sense that they're <laughs> they're they're going to keep up this pace, no doubt. They had similar. I mean, their first two games were Nets and Bucks. It's a tough draw. Like two, it's a tough draw. Who all we can see, you know? So that's that's two of their three losses, and then their third loss was Portland, who they beat. Um, so you know, I think that the you know this is where I think. I think Steph Curry said, all right, guys, let's see what you got. He gave them their five games, and he said, fuck this, I'm taking over. I hope so. And that's what the, and that, that's what the team needs. They need him to put up 30-plus a night uh, until they figure out their rotation uh, because Oubre and w- you know, Wiggins is, is Wiggins. You're going to get your 17, 18 points uh, in 36 minutes a game. That, that's what he brings to the table. Oubre, I think, would, would – I think he would uh, be fortunate to come off the bench. Like it would help him out a lot if he came off the bench, and they started just a kind of a, a glue piece, maybe even Damian Lee at the two, uh, because I don't necessarily think they need the scoring in the starting lineup. You know, I think Draymond's a great. They have two poor generals in Draymond and Steph. Steph is obviously a number one option. Um, Wiseman is is going to be a great ten and ten guy. Uh, Wiggins is going to get you his 18. You don't need much out of the two with the starting lineup, but that back lineup, um, you know, to like Pascal and Looney are good pieces. I like Wanamaker. Um, you can't count on Bazemore for a ton of minutes. You know, get Ubre out there running with the second team. Maybe he'll flourish a little bit more um, because I think this team is going to be good down the stretch. They're a good defensive team. They've got a good pick and roll game. And they've got a true, uh, true closer, a true superstar. I'm, I'm buying the Warriors uh, for the fact that they have Curry. I think you've seen what he's done in the past couple games. I think what sucks for me is the people who were doubting him in those first five games, saying that he can't lead a team. The thing I don't understand is that he was the league's MVP twice, and yeah, he had all stars. No, he's never won an MVP in the regular season. Uh, who Curry? Curry's got two of them things. He's got two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm confusing finals MVP. I was, like, I was like, whoa. I was like, Excuse he, me. I was like, My he, apologies. Has, he has two. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, he's, sorry. Got the, he's got the one that matters. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's yeah, he's got, he's got, he's got two one. of them. So I think that's that, that's what bothered me is that hit the, the start to them. Yeah, they did have tough yeah, matchups. He, yeah, he was the first unanimous one. And, that's right. And getting, getting Draymond, I think, is a huge component. Even if Draymond's not going to score a lot, like Tyler said, he doesn't necessarily have to. But with Draymond back... Curry plays off the ball more, which I think is is perfect. Draymond, they need him to handle the ball so Curry can play off the ball and just be yeah. a shooter and, and just and that's shoot. what I think is he gonna, can't play point guard. That's what I think is is coming. But people like Ubre who can't buy a damn bucket because he can't <laughs> shoot very well, and Wiggins, Wiggins has been kind of a dud since they've gotten Wiggins is a plateau like Aaron Gordon is a plateau. That's, and that's, that's what sucks for them. Yeah, he it's is. not necessarily a dud. It's just well, he's he's been he, a dud he, for their rotation because you expect him to give he, you more now with the loss of KD and no Clay. He was, he was a dud four years ago. 
you know, now it's just like Scarsetti's. So very, I mean, Gordon's a good, good comparison. You know, they, they are what they are. You know, you yeah. know where you're getting them. It's not a bad basketball player by any means. No, he can still get Wiggins you 20 is, a night. Wiggins is good enough to be, you know, the second, you know, scorer if you have the right pieces around him, you know. But he's not a game changer. That's just basically, you know, you think of number one picks being game changers. He's not. Ubre's struggling. I think you. You know, he may have lost them. You know, uh, one of those games. Just you know, they they were they wanted to make this work uh, once Clay went down, but it's just it's not working. And that's the thing. This team by no means has great shooting. Besides Curry, I don't see another solid shooter on your team. Bazemore's not the best shooter. Let's be honest here. Kelly yeah. Oubre has struggled. Yeah, bad. And Wiggins, Wiggins is going to get you points, but as far as the spacing on the floor and shooting, yeah. it doesn't look very good for him. But that's where Tyler's point comes in is you move Kelly Oubre to the bench. That frees up some spacing a bit for Wiggins. I don't, I don't know what well, Curry's going to do with it, this well, lineup. Well, what it, what it does is, you know, Damian Lee can, can be a perimeter player. Um, he can, you know, spacing the floor. And then it gives Ubre the chance to play against backup players rather than play against starters. Right. He doesn't have to defend a starter. He doesn't have to score against a starter. Maybe his offense gets going um, coming off the bench where he has a bigger, more important role. And he can play the position that he naturally plays, which is the three. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors navigate this season. They, they definitely have a lot of work to do. It's, Steve Kerr is a great coach, and and I also like them to make a move um, to pick somebody up too. Uh, maybe maybe it's Jamal Crawford, you know, maybe it's someone to get up some buckets. Maybe they trade um, Wiggins or Ubre. And I would love to see them trade one of those guys for a two guard, um, just even if it was like you know a situation um, where it's like a, a you know a contract that's expiring, but you pick up like a Zach Levine or something. You know, if if you can get like a really a talent, you know, and try to do it, because this team I think is good enough to win games. Yeah. All right. The next team we are going to buy or sell is the Denver Nuggets. They were the other Western Conference Finals representative last year. Uh, they started out this season so far. They are three and four, but Nikola Jokic is averaging a triple double. He, he's averaging 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 13 assists. Um, I'm selling their 3-4 and four start. I think this team is better than their record reflects. I just think they're still figuring some stuff out. They they added Jermichael Green from the Clippers. Uh, he signed in free agency. Michael Porter Jr. is now playing a bigger role uh, with the team because Jeremy Grant left and went to Detroit. So I, j- I just think the Nuggets are still figuring things out, but there's a reason this team – came back from down 3-1 against the Clippers and then made it to the Western Conference Finals. So I'm a believer in Nikola Jokic. I think he's one of the best. I mean, behind Anthony Davis, I think he's probably – I mean, I don't know. It's probably a toss-up between him and Cat and Embiid. It just depends on what style you like, I'd rather take Jokic over Cat, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's – yeah, so, I mean, Jokic is – top three top five center in the league right now and Jamal Murray is a great young talent who can shoot the lights out of the ball so I I think that 
Denver just still needs a little bit more time to figure it out. So I'm I'm selling their three and four start. Uh, selling their three and four start. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I mean it's just it's just a slow start to the season. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with this team. They're going to be fine. Jacob, uh, I'm selling their start too. My my only question is that Porter uh, Michael Porter Jr. was in and out because of injury. I think he's back or he's coming back, but. When when the season kind of gets into the middle and then they start going in the playoffs, how much are they going to miss Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig? Yeah. That's my thing. Those are two contributors, especially Grant, who's now in Detroit. But this was a guy who came up for them huge in the playoffs, not only having to guard LeBron and Kawhi, but also helping out on the offensive end. So that's the only concern I have for this Nuggets team because, yeah, your core is there with Murray and Jokic, and then you have other players, Millsap, helping out. But my thing is, was the role players, that was a big component in their success in coming back twice against, 100%. against Utah and uh, the Clippers. 100%. So I think that's that's the only question that, that comes to mind is that how much they're going to miss these role players that helped them so much last year. Yeah. They ain't gonna miss, they, I don't think they're missing them. I think they're, they, they're, they're so young, you know, where they're still – like their team can get better just off of, like, progression, not yeah. even, like, adding bodies, you know what I mean? Totally. So, all right, the last team we got is the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they're 4-4 four and four to start the year. Uh, I'm buying their 4-4 four and four start. I think that uh, this team is going to be right around uh, that 500 mark, maybe uh, a little bit above it, uh, depending on how the Western Conference standings shake out. But I think this team is going to be in a playing game. I think there's definitely going to be a Western Conference playing game this year, and I, I think the Pelicans have a good chance of being in that game. Brandon Ingram is leading that team in points per game and assists per game, and it looks like he's continuing off the momentum from last season and winning most improved. Zion's averaging 20 points and eight rebounds, and Steven Adams has fit seamlessly into that uh, seamlessly into that team, and I, I think he's the perfect center for that team because he knows his role. He's not going to take away from Brandon Ingram he's not going to take away from Zion yeah he doesn't have to score he just no. rebounds plays great defense does all the garbage work does all the garbage work and he just is going to let the young guys flourish and Lonzo he's averaging I think like uh 14 4 and 4 3 and 3 something like that he, he's doing okay um but it's just gonna it'll it'll come I think eventually hopefully I'm still holding out hope for Lonzo, but um, I just think the more he plays and he's just setting B.I. up and Zion, it, it's it's an easy basketball game for him to play, I think, with Zion and Brandon Ingram. So I, I think it'll come. But if, th if this team can stay healthy, I think that they're in a hunt for a playoff or playing game scenario. So, Tyler, what about you? Uh, I mean – I definitely think I think this team's over 500. I think if you're 500, you're disappointed if you're the Pelicans. Yeah. I, mean, I think you gotta you gotta. Uh, how, how many games they playing this year? 72. Yeah. So you really gotta get. Yeah, I think you gotta get around that 40 win mark if you're the Pelicans. They've got a premier top. They've got a premier starting five. Um, and I've you know I've been happy with Lonzo's play. Uh, you know, 13, five and five. Oh, okay, thirteen five and five. That's what it was. Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. Thank you. Um, thirteen five and five. You know, he's a great defensive player. Um, 
and, and he's a perfect fit with with, uh, with Bledsoe, who's another great defensive guard because, uh, you know, Bledsoe's a little shorter, so Lonzo can guard the bigger guards. Bledsoe can guard the smaller guards. Um, this is an elite defensive team and oh, yeah. just an insanely dynamic offensive team. Uh, you know, you said Lonzo. It's easy for him because this team is like the dream setup for him. Um, and, you know, some things that I think – Lonzo's got going in his favor. He's second on the team in minutes a game. He's third in per. Uh, he's second in assists. He's third in rebounds. So, I mean, he's doing a lot for the team. Um, and then, you know, B.I., like you said, he's made the progression. And, and, and Zion is who we thought he was. He's going to be a 20-10 and 10 monster. Yeah. So I actually got I got to sell the Pelicans. A great team. I love the progression from from Lonzo and Brandon. You got to be the party pooper. I I do. I'm sorry. But here but here's why though. Again, the reason why I don't think that they're necessarily a huge contender is because this Western Conference is so stacked. Great young talent on this team, but I don't think this is their year yet. But I will say this about Lonzo, in watching him in these first couple games, that shot has improved significantly. Just yeah. the way it looks, the mechanics of it, it looks smoother. He's not shooting it from the left. So I think that he's fixed for right now. Hopefully he can sustain that. And then Brandon Ingram, you mentioned it, that he's really carried on from last season. And I think now he is your guy. That's that's your scorer. That's, yeah. that's your main star. The so, Pelicans are Brandon Ingram's team. Exactly. So I think you build off of that. And then Zion. Come on and, now. No, you're just saying that because he's a dookie. You're just saying that because he's a dookie. Zion's a dookie. Don't give me that. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, right. well, that's that for, that. for the love of Zion. But but also Zion's not your average dookie though. He only went there because he had to. Yeah. Just just like Bi, man. Come on now. I, just because Bi averages more points does not mean it's his team. This is this is Zion Williams' team. Zion is. Well, see, I'd rather trust. Most. I'd rather trust the game on the line with in Brandon Ingram's hands than I would Zion. I mean, Zion's a great player. Don't get me wrong, and I think he's going to be a great player in the next few years, and he is one now. But I don't think this is his team just yet. I don't know. I don't know. He's 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 arguably like maybe a top five sought after player in the NBA by GMs. I mean, this guy is. You know, they talk is it going to be him or Luca or Giannis? You know. Um, that's the kind of company this dude's in, superstar. I'm not necessarily saying Brandon Ingram might not be more developed and, and productive right now, uh, but I mean even that is 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 a close. Their per is within like two points, um, you know. And Zion still, you know, he's averaging 20 points as well. Um, so I, I mean, no, I don't, I, yeah, it's not that great. I think Zion's saying, far, I, bef- I think, far behind. I don't, I don't think this is by no means do I think this is Bi's team. I mean, Zion was drafted by them. B.I. was traded in. Uh, yeah, they, they extended him. But I just think, you know, Zion is a special a special talent. That's that's their cornerstone. Uh, yeah, I guess. All right. I'll, I'll give that. I'll allow that. That's because you I'll still have love for Ingram. He's selling, he's selling the jerseys. He's putting the fans <laughs> in the stands when there's fans. There are fans there. There are fans well, in I New mean, Orleans. You know what I mean. He, he's electrifying. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that New Orleans actually has fans in person this year. Yeah, well, I, 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 we wouldn't know what that's like. No, but I know someone yeah, who's a season yeah. ticket holder down there, and I've seen like Instagram stories of him at games already this season. Is it so? Is it only for season ticket holders? I'm assuming so, and it's yeah, a very, would, very limited amount, so. and you probably rotate games with 
other season ticket holders. I would assume it'd have to be less than a hundred people, fifty. No, I think there's I think there's Let, maybe more? like a thousand in there. Oh, a thousand. Oh, that's a bigger number than I would have thought. Well, I know there was fifteen hundred in Utah the other night. For the Jazz? Yes. Oh. See, I don't even know what the hell's going outside there's of like, California. There's like there's like I think like no more than ten teams that have fans. Like I think Orlando has fans. The Toronto Raptors are playing in Tampa. Yeah, I know they they're have, out. They have fans because I, we haven't even talked about the Toronto Raptors playing in Tampa because Canada won't let them play in Ontario, in Toronto. Again, I don't know what's going on outside of our state. We can't even get food here. Don't even get me let, started let alone, about Cal- yeah, Don't even get me started about California, Jacob. Let alone go to a basketball game. Yeah, but all right, I, I that that's it. I don't have anything else. Um, I mean, listen, hey, the NFL playoffs are here. The NBA regular season is here. Sports are back in full swing. And, and like I said, I, at the beginning, today was a, a where were you when day when uh, crazy rioters, protesters, whatever you want to call them, they, they breached the Capitol. And it was a where were you when moment. And it, I hope that. Uh, Jacob, what are we at time-wise? I hope this hour, what are we at? An hour and 33. I hope this hour and 33, almost 34 minutes has has been just a, a bit of an escape uh, for for whoever is listening out there. So, uh, I don't know, Jacob, Tyler, you guys got any final thoughts you guys want to say? Uh, you know, it was this is a, this was a uh, a bad day, but hopefully, you know, um, we move forward in, in the right direction now. You know, um, yeah, I think that's all you can hope for. Jacob, yeah, honestly, this this could have gotten a lot worse. I, I, that I'm, that's just me being the optimist in this situation. It's usually the opposite, but I think this could have gotten a lot worse, and I'm glad that it was able to get cleared up as quickly as it did in, and, and in a, realistically in a sense, it relatively was quickly the matter was it just should have never gotten to this point 100%. that's that's my thing is that 100%. yeah it was cleared up it just should have never gotten to this point where we have to sit there on tv and report it and and listen to all of the stuff that's going on yeah and uh i think you would hope that things get better but you just never know what these last two years you just don't know yeah but we we can only take steps in the right direction for ourselves and hope everybody else is doing the same thing and and like i said i just i hope this hour and a half plus was just a a bit of an escape for for whoever is listening out there so with that that wraps up this episode of the sports kingdom show be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob, uh, at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.